appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In these you once walked when you lived in them, but now put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free man. But Christ is all and in all. Peace be to you, the reader. and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I go out to see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must go to examine them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. And the householder in anger said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and the maimed and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. For many are called, but few Glory 
good tidings and to all the people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Last night, the senior Goyans had a fireside chat, and it was... Uh, it was decided to read a, a small excerpt from the book, The Way of the Pilgrim. And the, just the gist of what we read last night was a scenario where the pilgrim had come across a couple of thieves. And they hit him over the head and they demanded money, but he didn't have money. And so they took the only thing that he really had besides the clothing on his back, and that was a copy of the Bible and a copy of the Philokalia. Now we know the Philokalia comes in many volumes today, and it's basically a compilation of a, a, of a tremendous amount of spiritual literature by various fathers of the church. But these two books, the pilgrim held as very, very precious. And the whole topic last night was about what are the things that we hold so precious in this life that we hold on to, that if they were to be taken away from us, would cause us great heartache. And you would think that this pilgrim, when you read about his life and his journey, and as he begins to master the Jesus prayer and to become enlightened by the works and the writings of the books that he's reading, that even if the Bible and the Philokalia were taken from him, it wouldn't bother him. Maybe a little bit, but not really bother him too much. Well, if you read on, in that page that we had photocopied last night, he actually says, it would have been better if I had died than those two books be taken from me. And he had fallen to, into such despair because those things had been stolen from him that he wasn't even able to go on in life. And so he fell asleep and he had this dream and he was talking to a star. It's a very holy elder in his dream. And the elder had said, you know, this is something God has permitted to really teach you a lesson in life. And that is literally not to hold on to anything in this life as being more valuable than our relationship to God Himself. And so we processed this as a group. And I made all the, uh, all the, uh, the senior goyans, all the teenagers go around and share with everybody else what things they have in their possession that they could easily get rid of and what things they have in their possession that would be very, very difficult to let go of, including people, family members, not just things. And so we had that time last night, and it was beneficial, I think, to, to all of us. In the Gospel reading today, we read of this individual who was throwing this great banquet, and he had invited many people to come, and when the time came to invite all of them into the home, nobody was showing up. So we wanted to know what was going on, why people weren't coming to something he was offering that was considered truly great. Something that these people would really benefit from in terms of what he was offering. And one came and said that he was newly married. And the other one said he had bought five yoke of oxen and another had purchased some property. But these were all of the excuses as to why they couldn't come and sit at the table and receive what this man was giving them. They had chosen something else. And this really ties in, I think, to what we were talking about last night and something I want to elaborate on a little bit this morning. Bishop Nikolai, in his homilies, starts out on this particular passage and he says, 
God desires that we believe and hope in Him more than in anyone or anything else in the world. God also desires that we, through our love, cleave solely to Him. Why? It's not because God needs us, because we know God is in need of nothing. He desires that we believe and hope and cleave to Him, because in so doing, we open to Him the door of our heart, and we allow Him to take up residency within us. By believing, hoping, and cleaving to Him, we also show Him that He is the object of our heart's desire. He is our most precious treasure. For as we read elsewhere in the Gospel of Luke, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we think about this in terms of material possessions as treasures, and also people as treasures. But where our treasures are, where our time is with those treasures, that's where our heart is. As we remember the Holy Fathers of the Old Testament on this Sunday, we recognize in their lives the love of God for His created world, especially for mankind. And on every Sunday, we are also reminded of the love of God the Father for us because every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we're reminded that He willingly suffered through crucifixion, not for His sake, but for our sake. God has proven His love to us and that He offered His Son as a living sacrifice simply so we could have life. And God has accomplished what He set out to do so that we may have abundant life here and in the next life. But now He waits for us to give Him permission, permission to dwell within our hearts because our Lord will not force Himself into our lives. He will not impose Himself on our time. As we read in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, and if anyone then opens the door after hearing my voice, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. But I will not come in unless I'm invited. There's a problem, however. Although God desires man's heart in its entirety, mankind in his fallen nature has chosen to betroth his soul to created things over the Creator, and he thus keeps the Lord standing outside the door of his heart. Concerning this, Father Zachariah says, When we abandon God and turn toward the material world, we become enslaved and it becomes impossible to enter the Lord's presence and to follow Him. He says, In the parable of the Great Supper, we see that the man who has bought five yoke of oxen turns down the invitation of the Master for no other reason than his apparently urgent need to attend to his newly acquired beasts. He says this attitude is so typical of our generation with its insatiable appetite for the latest information and technology. The prince of this world so burdens the heart and darkens the mind that it finally becomes impossible for man to stand before the face of God, leaving him outside of the heart. Bishop Nikolai in his homily says, whatever it is with which the human soul links itself closely, with that it is in wedlock. He says, the soul's love for God is alone its legal marriage. 
Every other love that takes place apart from God is idolatry. Now when we think of idolatry, we may not think of that. We may think of stone pillars of gods, as in the old ancient days. And this is what was uh, spoken of when we talked about idolatry. But idolatry includes many, many, many other things. And for our soul to cling or cleave to anything except for God is idolatry. And so we have to look then inward and see where is it that my soul is attached? To what is it attached most intimately? In other words, whatever a person believes in, hopes in, or loves more than God, takes God's place and becomes an idol to that person. Whether it's love for their own body, earthly possessions, or adornment. When the soul cleaves to such things, then the person's love is displaced onto something other than God. When a person loves something more than God, they become lost in that thing. And whatever it is, whatever the person desires most, will gradually become the very essence of that person. Think about that for a moment. We become so consumed in and enamored with whatever it is outside of God, and we will become one with that. Just as we read in Scripture that anyone who unites themselves to a harlot becomes one with the harlot. We become one with whatever it is that our heart desires most. How else can we explain why when the guests who were invited to a grand banquet chose not to go, but rather to tend to a piece of property or to some newly acquired oxen? Because it doesn't make sense. Father Zachariah says, God desires to see man ascend from strength to strength and from glory to glory. And whoever prepares his heart for this dynamic increase in Christ will continuously see greater things in accordance with the Lord's promise when He said, All that I have is Thine. He is willing to give us everything. Everything. Including the kingdom of heaven. To become the wealthiest in the universe. And yet when the soul clings to other things, we take up the dirt and we look at it and we think it's gold. We cling to things that are perishable and we turn away from those things that are eternal. We don't attend the banquet. We have excuses. I'm married. I'm busy. I have things to do. I have places to go. I've just bought something. But our Lord wants to give us everything. He says, all that, all that is mine is thine. I will give it all to you. If you're willing to receive it. If you're willing to take my invitation. God desires to bestow on us great riches, but not of this world. The great banquet to which we are all invited is not of this world. It is of the world to come, the kingdom of heaven, and we're all invited to that. In fact, we already are given the opportunity in this life to become partakers of Christ at the messianic banquet, the mystical supper. And this is a great thing. There is nothing more or else you will acquire or possess or have or partake of in this life combined that is greater when you receive the body and blood of Christ. Even if we were to get rid of all things, if we had the body and blood of Christ, we would survive and live and be full of joy. 
So, what's important to remember is to recognize all the things that can distract us away from God and also to be aware of how easy it is to allow our hearts, desires to be misplaced onto other things and to call ourselves out on it. To really look deeply and to call ourselves out on it. And I said before, this includes people. We have to be careful that we don't wed our souls to anything or anyone in this life when what our soul desires and what it was created for was to be espoused to Christ only. It doesn't mean that we can't love others. We're supposed to love others. It doesn't mean that we can't be in relationship to others. We are created as relational beings. But our love for anything or anyone can never be greater than our love for God. And when our love for God is great, He will bestow upon us things unimaginable. And it will make all the riches of this world and all the things of this world to seem as nothing at all, of zero, zero, zero value. Because what is the greatest value is the relationship and the love that we have for Christ and how we prove that to Him by the way we give our life to Him and detach ourselves from everything that is worldly and gets in the way of us committing our whole life to Christ our God. Amen.